0: CEO. Don't forget to add the two-on-one podcast in the how did you hear about podgo section of your application. Now get ready for the rest of the episode.
1: Lads, we are back. Good afternoon. Happy Sunday. Yeah, nothing like a Sunday 1230 recording for us. It feels like good times, old times. Vintage two-on-one podcast.
0: Yes, Mm. those were the days.
1: We have a special way to open the show. Because it is getting into winter. So you know what that means? Winter is what? Winter is what? Winter is coming. I'm Sean Bain. I'm a Geordie. Winter is coming, John. You must join, night. It's very honorable, John. Winter is coming, bastard. Anyway. That takes a, a toll on the old throat, you know. Being mm. a Geordie. Anyway, so it's that time of the year which means... It's hockey card season at Timmy's. Now, I don't know if you guys have have noticed this. I am fairly sure these are the design for last year's cards. Because if you look on the back, last season stats aren't on these cards. I've noticed. Oh, really? Yeah, if you look at their cards, I obviously have been collecting so far. Got a pack with two Pasternak's on it, because that's funny. That's hilarious. For example, I pull them up here, and I look at... Not Tim Horton. (laughs) No. um, I look at Jared Spurgeon... 1920 season. I look at Jacob Markstrom. 1920 season, and obviously we didn't have the cards last year, so I I, I feel like these were the designs for last season because obviously we didn't have them because of COVID.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. I also got a Jack Eichel earlier, which was hilarious because obviously he's not a Saber, but anyway, we all have a pack. Didn't you oh. get
0: it, him the day he was traded?
1: It was like the day after. <laughs> I went to Tim's, and it was just there's Jack Eichel. And it was hilarious. Anyway, so each of us have a pack. Mm-hmm. Um, so lo- this is the second time on the show I think we've opened packs into the whole thing. Okay, yes. who would like to go first? i said, do, you know what we'll do? do you know what we'll do? Okay, gentlemen, look at the t- look at the screen. Actually, no, this is the third time we've done it because I remember going over this exact sequence before. Okay, open your pack. Don't yeah, look at o- it. Though. It's open. It's open. It's open. Okay, Daniel, okay. you're looking down. Stop it's cheating. Open. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, there are the two player cards on either side and a special card in the middle. As i try and open my thing okay so what i want you guys to do is reach in and get your middle surprise card because okay. that's obviously less interesting okay Sorry. daniel you go first what is your special card
2: special card okay i'm not looking okay i'll, just, I'll show to the camera
1: it's the middle one you have oh that's nice what is that a dylan larkin oh yes dylan larkin gold etchings that's pretty sick actually that's yeah. a good card that's a very good card alex go ahead what is your special card Ooh, a silver. Oh, Oh, the red man. It is
0: Superstar Showcase, Artemi Panarin.
1: So we got a gold, a silver. Okay, I got. Oh, Patrice
2: Bergeron.
1: On NHL canvas, Patrice Bergeron. Bergeron, a conduit. Well, no, that's that's the French version. Uh, Bergeron lifted Boston to a 4 2 win in Philadelphia with his sixth NHL hat trick on April 6, 2020. April 6th, 2021. What the hell? Okay, those they do have some updated ones. Pat! He's great. So we got a canvas, a silver, and a gold. Okay, guys. Doesn't matter now. Okay, get one of the other cards. We'll go reverse order. I'll yeah. go next. Okay. And I have here my second Jacob Markschimpf. Great. Amazing. Okay. um, Go ahead, Alex. Who's your, your first player? I got Kevin Hayes. Oh. I hope he's doing well and he's getting healthy, eh? Yeah. Yes, yes. What a rough year for that guy. Okay, I Daniel, have... who is your first player?
2: I have Jacob Markstrom. Jacob oh, Markstrom.
1: <laughs> wow. Okay, so clearly the Toronto cards in, in in Southern Ontario seem to love Jacob Markstrom for some reason. He's off to a good start, by the way. Eh? He mm. is. He's so like four shutouts this year. Uh, okay.
0: Know, crazy.
1: Alex, show us your last card, your player.
0: Okay. okay. It is Sergei Bobrovsky. Bobrovsky. Bobrovsky.
1: You're off the it case, Bobrovsky. <laughs> wow, a lot of goalies, eh? Yeah. Okay, Daniel, go ahead. Who is right, your my last player? one is... Jonathan Ebeldo. Oh. No. Okay. A my lot last... of red cards. Yeah, we're... Hey, man. The Panthers. Okay, my final card is... John, John Carlson. Oh, wow. I need a defenseman. Okay. That's not a bad pack. Markstrom Carlson. Let's see. I hope I don't have a John Carlson already. I feel like I might have one anyway. Okay, so there we go, opening packs. I don't know how exciting that was to listen to, but that doesn't matter. I liked it. The team is coming to buy today. more now. Yeah, obviously we're gonna have to do this on Wednesday. How many
2: do you guys buy per visit? And one. One.
1: Yeah, unless like three people are getting drinks, and it's like okay, never mind. Everyone get a pack.
2: Because what I remember, but they don't do this anymore. So the Tim Hortons in Centerpoint Mall. Yeah. At Young and Steels. Yeah um they used to give it a dollar each if you buy a maximum of three with a drink really yeah like but that. uh I think they stopped that because what happened was okay I was really into this like maybe three years ago mm-hmm. and I would do is I would order a drink three packs and then my two sisters would also a drink three packs for me and then three packs man. and then my mom would also get three <laughs> three packs for me
1: that's good, man. Uh, the hunt for carry price continues, by the way. I need that card. All right. So now we can talk about hockey. Uh-huh. And I think there's no better way to open the show. We could talk about the Habs losing again. We could talk about the Leafs winning again. We can talk about Arizona finally winning a game. But we're not going to do that. Um, Connor McDavid, I think, had the best goal that has been scored in this league since Alex Ovechkin's on his back swing-around hook goal against Wayne Gretzky's Phoenix Coyotes. I'll tell you, what really impressed me about that goal, by the way, guys, um, wasn't the fact that he just beat four guys, which was hilarious. Um, It was a bad line change, right? But one of the Rangers recognized it was McDavid and came back, so it it didn't even matter. What was impressive for me on that goal is McDavid had to, obviously, because he was offside, had to go back around with the puck, wait for two more Oilers to get on side, almost runs into one of his teammates, still comes back in and beats four guys and scores.
0: Yeah, it was a ridiculous goal, like insane. Mm-hmm. Walk through four guys
2: and then the goalie. I love the confidence. You know, I think it's just a kind of showing how they have they're having their season, right? It's nothing like they're having fun, quote unquote out there, but it's just something where it's like these are the highlights you want to see with a team that's doing so well.
1: I think it's that time of the, the show. It feels like we're doing this all the time now, where we quickly get up the leading scorers of the league, a.k.a. <laughs> McDavid's at 22 points and siles at 23. McDavid is four points ahead of Alexander Ovechkin, by the way.
0: Uh, I know we're 10 games into the season, but they have that team has five players, point per game. So who else? Nuge? So Nuge has 14 points. Mm-hmm. How many goals do you think he has? Nuge? Yeah. Four. Three. Zero. He has 14 oh, what?
2: assists. <laughs> he has 14 assists. That sounds like, you know, do you ever get those guys in like NHL? in, the, in the NHL games yeah, where it's yeah. like, it's a guy either scores a lot or he just scores like two goals a year, but he has like he 50 assists.
0: He has 14 points and 14 <laughs> assists.
2: And he's playing center, right?
0: I believe no. so, yeah. Yeah, okay. And so the rest, so there's two more. Um Yesi Barry and Poo- Hyman. Oh no, no. Yes, he pulled Yeah.
1: With wow. five
0: goals and seven assists, so twelve points, and then Hyman, seven goals, three assists.
1: That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. The, I, I Ken Holland, man. The defense is still questionable. Um, but holy cow. That is um that's pretty decent. That is very, very decent. Um, I can't believe that. That's amazing. Connor McDavid is a pretty good player. I um, I, I somehow never like the guy never ceases to amaze. He is just on another level right now. What's that thing that that uh, Don Cherry said in Bobby Orr's book? If there was a league above the NHL, that's where Bobby Orr would have played. Yeah. Like it's like Orr, Gretzky, Howe's probably in there. Sid. And, and now McDavid joins that that yeah. class. You know, it's it's pretty incredible to look at. To be honest, all right, I think now it's a pretty safe place to start. And um, it's a bit of a bummer because I feel like this guy was never in a position to succeed. Uh, Jeremy Colliton is now out as Chicago Blackhawks head coach. A few assistants go with him. It feels like everyone except Mark Crawford has a job in Chicago now. Um, Derek King is the interim. He was originally with Rockford. He'll be there for the whole of the season, apparently. Um, now this is right after the Blackhawks lost five to one to the Jets, and uh, at that time, I don't know if they played since. I don't think they have. Um, their record is now one nine and two. Um, not great, not great, but um, not a surprise firing either to be honest.
0: You know, I saw uh, some people complaining about um. So remember, a couple of weeks ago, we, the picture floated around of um, Jeremy D. Culleton handing the board to the players yeah. on the yeah. at the timeout, and they're like, "Well, you could have just fired him then." I don't know. Like the timeline here is that happens two days later, the Jenner and Block report is released. Yeah. So, just my personal guess is they didn't want to fire him in the middle of the um, aftermath of that coming out. So. Like it it was going to happen. He was put in a horrible situation to begin with. Like, was he not booed the first night he coached because
1: he was was for the home
2: opener. Yeah. He was booed.
1: I think he's been booed since the day he took over.
0: Like I, I feel bad for him because owner uh, management put him in such a horrible situation because he's not Joel Quenville. Like that's what it was at the time when he was hired was, we knew there was butting heads between management and Quenville. Like that's been a, that's been the rumor for years. Um, So to put, throw him in there then when they were like 500 Chicago Mm -hmm. at the time was just, it it was a, not a great move by management in my opinion.
2: Yeah. I agree that he was put into an impossible task of trying to, built a winner with the roster that they had at the time where they were still relying on a lot of the older guys they were not having much depth and if joel quenville could not turn that team around i don't i don't think Jeremy Carlton could do any better and listen like what was going on with him this year what was going on with the blackhawks like the writing was on the wall already i i, I agree with you alex that i was really surprised that he did stay this long i thought based on how last year went, especially towards the end where there was that sudden collapse of the Blackhawks out of that second wild card spot, I really thought it was coming in the offseason. So for me, I was surprised that he still stayed, I guess, you know, about 10 games into this season.
1: So, but by the way, in case anyone is wondering, Gallatin was, um, I want to say, so he retired from playing in 2014. He only ever played in the NHL for the Islanders. So he was never a part of what happened with Kyle Beach in that, in the Blackhawks organization. Again, I think he was hired in 2017 to Rockford as their head coach at the time. So, again, that's after the Akima stuff. So he isn't a part of that. You see, now, he was... I believe when he was hired, and right now he is 30... He's 36 now. At the time of his hiring, and maybe even still today, he's the youngest coach in, in the league. Or head coach, I should say. And he was kind of put into this scenario where you'll feel like where the Blackhawks were it didn't have Panarin anymore um obviously Yalmerson was gone Duncan Keith wasn't the same anymore Seabrook was was been on and off playing period the past couple of years before he quote unquote retired it was and then all of a sudden it's like okay now we're rebuilding okay he has this young team up and coming we can see what he can do and then all of a sudden it's like okay no we're actually right, back being back to this you know competitive team and It's just he was never in a position to succeed. And, you know, you have management who would Stan Bowman at the time before he was obviously stepped down from from the Blackhawks stuff. You know, it it was he sort of lost. There was no real vision building that team after like since that that notorious series against Nashville in 2017. The Blackhawks lost all vision of what they were and where the team was going. And it was just Culleton had, had no chance. I'm sure he'll be hired as an assistant sometime. I would give that guy a chance. He wasn't perfect, like how he was treating Dylan Strom. Like, that guy isn't going to succeed as your fourth-line center in that. But, you know, there's, like, he's got to learn. You know what I mean? Especially because he followed Joel Quinville. And, again, we're ignoring, like, on the side here, it's like, obviously, Quinville is no... We all know what happened with the Kyle Beach stuff, but you know there is still that level of coach and that like that presence there That he was never he was having to coach players that were like the same age as him Like how do you go in as your first NHL head coach job and tell Patrick Kane how to play? You can't do that. Like there's a certain level of I think back to Minnesota and Parisian and Suter and how it seemed like there was almost a bit of entitlement to those guys in the room imagine what it has to be in Chicago. So I just, I feel bad for the guy. And, and I really hope, like, I think Blackhawks fans were totally unfair to that, that guy. And I hope he gets a job somewhere else and just sort of, you know, gets some reps in, you know what I mean? And just gets a second chance somewhere because I think he deserves it.
2: Yeah, uh, um, two things. Um, when you talk about age, I remember that the comparison they had was he played in the World Juniors for Canada with Brent Seabrook.
1: No way.
2: Yeah, they're in the same draft class, 2003. So that was when he was hired. I remember the name. And I was surprised that they gave him that level of promotion so quickly, especially for what the Blackhawks were trying to do at the time, because it is unfair to him when you look at where they were when he took over that whole really quick youth movement. But when I think about that youth movement, they still want it to be kind of competitive, but what I've looked at right now with the results that anyone not named Kirby doc has not been very good. Well, they lost Pius Suter, but that's another thing. And now when they went out and spent it's, it's not, it hasn't worked. And I think, you know, it's, it's really early right now, but the fact that they gave up Adam Boquist and Cole Sillinger, who's remained with the blue jackets has to be a big hit for them. And And another another first. Yeah.
0: Uh, You brought some like, I think there's a way to compare this team with, or that coaching situation with like Detroit a few years ago, when Babs left, when Babcock left and they replaced him with Jeff Blaschel. And in a way, like they were giving Jeff Blaschel the chance to work with that team and develop a relationship and develop a some type of system with that team. That's why they they're He's still there. There might not be a great team, but that's their coach. Whereas Mm -hmm. here, they kind of let Joel Quenville go. They said, okay, we're going to rebuild. And then less than two years later, we're sitting here. Well, we're not rebuilding anymore. And call had less than two years of NHL coaching experience. And you kind of put him in a crappy situation. Whereas if you just let the rebuild play out, maybe we're having a different conversation about Jeremy Cullitans.
1: Do you want to know how much head coaching experience he actually had before he was named Blackhawks coach? Like, in general? Series? Yeah. He So he was all, all together, if I'm reading this right, he had, of AHL games as head coach, the guy had 88 games. A season and then 12 to start 1819 is when he came in, of course, was head coach of, of, of Chicago. I'm saying, man, um, just I, I feel I feel bad for him. I feel really bad for him. Um, okay, moving on. I guess we can start with the Leafs and the Habs. Um, sort of big news of today, really, is that Peter Mrazek seems to have re-aggravated the groin injury. Um, I want to say he played a game since he came back from injury initially. Um, so this is from Luke Fox, jukebox on Twitter. The first groin injury cost Marazic two weeks. He played one game and will now miss an additional four weeks. Jack Campbell's workload will become a concern. Um, I put this under Jack Campbell's sort of notes here going back to the Tampa game because obviously by that time, Montreal were losing 5 nothing, and I turned the game off. Uh, and so I was watching the third period of that Leafs Tampa game. And uh, we'll talk about the Bruins one again in a second here and also sort of the word about a D being on the move. Um, and I looked at Jack Campbell and I thought, holy cow, this guy is playing lights out right now. I'm I know people are kind of like, mm, maybe, but I, I think if he keeps playing this way, by the way, he's going to push for the Olympic Olympic roster. I believe that. Um, but the thing with Campbell is we know that, you know what, this is his first full year being a backup or sorry, being a starter, I should say. Um, and I wonder, and maybe this is a temporary thing again, but looking at Mrazik's health the past couple of years, do they go out and get another goalie? Because you can't trust Hutchison.
0: So I, I think, well, Mike helped me out here within like the next two weeks, they play two back-to-backs uh, I believe one against Buffalo and the second one against the Islanders. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe last time Hutchinson played the Islanders, he had a shadow, which is kind of the funny, yeah. um, but whatever. Yeah, you're right. Like I, I wonder that as well. It's just a matter of, okay, so you go out and get another goaltender And then what? Like, what happens when Mirazi comes back? Because we're having the conversation about um, moving a D, and we'll get to that. That might be because is coming back. Like, money has to move. When you're a team close to the cap, like half the league is, money has to be moved around. Um, What I would have really liked, and I think it was Adam Wild who brought up this point, like, weeks or months ago. You want to have, like, a third goalie who's a developing prospect, who you can send up and down through waivers. An example, Caden Primo. where is he NHL backup ready? Maybe not yet, but can you throw him in the occasional game on a back-to-back? Sure. And can you send him down through waivers, without waivers? 100%. Like that's what the ideal situation is—someone you don't have to send through waivers. I just don't know if that exists in the trade market at the moment.
2: It, Joel Wall's not ready yet, right? Is no, he still I'm, injured? He's I know not he, injured. No, he, he was called injured. up, right? Or, yeah.
0: Ian, Ian Scott reaggravated an injury, which is so unfortunate. That kid, like, man,
2: I know. I'm three no years. Hoping all the best no, not, for him. No so, work. would you give Joel Wall a start
0: I, against Buffalo? Yeah, like like maybe just, just to see I, I just just to see what you have at the moment but yeah. like he hasn't necessarily played a whole lot because he was also injured so it, it's just a really tough situation where you know what i guess michael hutchinson might have to play it's just the reality unfortunately
2: Did you ever see that meme where um it's from the simpsons Mm-hmm. It, they they kept using it um i think uh adam wilde used it a lot too and steve dangle um where from the simpsons mo throws out barney oh. from the bar and then when he's yeah. like looking around after the yeah. next panel barney's behind him and it's like michael hutchinson and the yeah. leafs yes 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 it's Mike. yeah <laughs>
1: I worry because I'm just looking at goaltenders who have played the most games so far. Uh, Allen's at the top of it for 11 for Montreal. Uh, Robin Leonard's up there 10 for Vegas. Um, And Jack Campbell is also there at 10 games. Um, Also at 10 games, Arizona's goalie, who I would be surprised if you've heard of him. Carol Vegmelka.
2: He had an amazing, by the way, he had an amazing uh, video with Jacob Chikorin. What was the video where uh, they were all going around in the locker room saying, what's the most underrated candy? And then he know. said, he's like, what's the most underrated like candy brand? And then he said chocolate. And then they're like, no, no, no. What is it? And then he's like, yeah, I, I like chocolate.
1: <laughs> you just didn't get it.
2: Did you didn't understand. Yeah.
1: What was insane <laughs> Insane?
2: Yeah, I was like, I think like everyone was saying like, like the crispy bar
1: uh, well the crunch bar not
2: not coffee crisp, a crunch bar you know the one, the rice crisps
1: i thought you were gonna say they all went around the room and asked if do you have a point no do you have a point oh
2: my goodness (laughs) but like yeah that goalie same percentage
1: going back no no because you just worry about campbell because you don't want him playing too many games too early right like that's just the one the question i added like i posted yeah yeah it's no, a friggin' Hutchison. You better be good, man. Well, and no, you're we-
0: 100 percent right because it's a conversation we've been having about Frederick Anderson those first three years of his contract, uh, yeah. where he didn't really have a backup. It was Garrett Sparks. It was um, Jonas Enroth for a bit. It was uh, oh my God,
1: Jonas man, Enroth. Jonas Enroth kill me. What
0: Daniel. Do you remember uh, which who one it was? So before what- Garrett Sparks,
2: so it was Curtis, Curtis McAlaney before,
0: before Curtis McAlaney. It's stressing
2: oh, me it's out. A, was there, so there was point there point another point? goalie? So Chris McElhinney, Jonas You and, uh, know what? I'm gonna search it up. Okay. I'm gonna search it but up. yeah, what I'm kind of thinking about too, and this is it's it's pretty uh, it's a good co- coincidence that I was looking through some old tweets, some old messages, some things that I screenshotted, and I found a few tweets from like Royal Christophilus and Will Baldwin who were replying to the podcast about Jack Campbell. At the time we're like, he's already 27, 28. How many games has this guy actually played? Um, I know that the injuries were there, and well like it's it's been a worry that we've had for quite some time. And he is a great goalie, but at the same time, he's also dealt with his own injuries.
1: Then what he's, happens when he gets hurt? And it's like, oh, so it's Hutch is the bat the starter, and, and I guess then Joseph old's gonna get a chance. You know what I mean? That's, yeah. that's the concern is, and again, the of course, the bigger, bigger picture is what is he like at the end of the season? Because if he's yes. not fresh for the playoffs, then, you know, that's the big concern. You're not going to go far in the playoffs without any goaltending. Hello, Pittsburgh. How are you? Um, sorry, Tristan. It, it's right. the
2: Frederick Anderson situation all over again, where he's excellent in the regular season and he's gassed by the time they get to the first round.
0: Yep. He, uh, there was no other goalie, by the way.
1: Uh, it was just, so was McIlhenny's the first one? It, it was, was Enroth, Enroth and McIlhenny. Yeah, McElaney set the bar, and then I think was it was it Sparks after him because Dubas was like yeah. young goalie, and then it just did, did
2: the oh, bar. I remember now. Yep. He only got played like two games though, but he was also placed on waivers the same time as Curtis McIlhenny. Calvin yeah. Pickard. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yes, I remember seeing him in the airport, and he had his gear with him, and he got called up. I remember that. I had the scoop. I remember see see I remember I was coming through Pearson and I remember seeing him there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was on my way to England. Yeah, freaking that's that's weird. Um, okay. So moving on. Yeah, the Leafs are on a bit of a heater right now, aren't they? Um bit of a, a bit, bit yeah. of a bit of a fun time now. Um they yeah, the third period. Campbell was busy, but there is a stretch where Tampa for like twenty something minutes only had like two or three shots. Um and you know, there was that like that showing of how mad the Leafs were in that last sort of period, but man, they just kept going and going. And boy, Victor Hedman did not have a great game against Tampa. No. <laughs> oh, sorry, against uh, he, against Toronto.
0: Yeah, no, he he didn't. Um no. but like overall with the the Leafs is if you look like the biggest thing for me that's different from the first stretch of that of the season is their is their reactions. And like you can tell like every there there nothing is distracting them by the way they react. Like if you look at the way Mitch Marner reacted to his goal against Detroit versus the way he reacted to his goal against um who Vegas. Did play after? Vegas against Vegas. Yeah, like it was he just a completely different reaction. Yeah. Same with Matthews, same with Tavares. Like there's a lot of um emotion going around, but not in a bad way. In In a for me, in a positive way, it's just a matter of keeping this energy throughout the season. Like that's I think that's my biggest point to to all of this is that this energy has to stay with you for as long as the season is possible. If it drops for a game, that's fine, but you can't have these seven, eight-game stretches where you lose your mojo. Mm -hmm. Like that's what, that's why you make the big bucks, right? Like to keep that mojo. How many off games does uh, McDavid have? How many off games does Crosby have? And I'm not trying to compare them. Like that's not my point, but it's that caliber of player um, that has to keep that energy going for an extremely long period of time.
2: Yeah. Like they're a bit more. I guess looser in the way they play, that there is that level of confidence now that they know they can get this done, that it's not just about grinding it out all the time or coming, coming back or having like these back to back things where we don't know that whether or not like if they're going to win or not. Like now it's just kind of like they're playing their game plan, they're, they're dealing with the cycles a lot better and they're just getting their shots on goal.
1: It's the idea of not holding your stick too hard or to um, you know not having too hard a grip on your stick. Um, I think it was there was a, a tweet going up like the last few goals for the Leafs have just been a mix of Marner, Tavares, and Matthews. The yeah. overtime winner against uh, obviously it was was Nylander, but like another big guy in there.
0: I think their last ten goals, CJ uh, tweeted, had been a co- one of the three.
1: Okay, well there you go. You just need I, a bit th- of that. I
2: have to give a movie reference to the way they're playing right now. Okay. Do you remember in the Mighty Ducks where they held the stick too too firmly and it was on the ice like it was too hard. They couldn't catch the pass like with the egg breaking.
1: Yes. Yeah. That's a, I wonder how many like coaches have tried that drill. You got to think it was like a like once that came out like Minnesotans or Minnesota. So would you call them Minnesotans? Minnesota Minnesotans Minnesota. The Minnesotans. Anyway, you think they just? You wonder if they do that. And then, of course, you know, going to that Bruins game. Um,
0: but, sorry, just to correct myself, the last thirteen goals have been Matthews, Marner, Tavares,
2: or Nylander.
1: That's pretty good. When are people going to start respecting John Tavares? By the way, because that guy is uh, has been very good. Goes back to start- the
2: uh, all or nothing, where his uh, his uncle also named John Tavares. Like you're at that age now in your career where. <laughs> People are going to doubt you, saying you have nothing left.
1: I think he's been doubted since, like, his second year.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: They've just been yeah. harsh on that guy. It's unbelievable. Um,
2: I'd like to say, before we go on with the Boston thing, two things. I love that they beat Boston, and I also love that they beat them while they were wearing their special jerseys.
1: Were they were oh, the like Bruins. The Bruins. Ugly. Oh, yes. those are so awful. Those are so – it's so annoying because the Bruins have such great jerseys. Like, I think of their 2015 Winter Classic one. Yeah. That's such a good jersey, and you just get the one with the stupid big B. I
2: wanted anyway, the bear back.
1: It Yeah, go get the bear or get your, like, your classic. At the, It was a bad jersey. They, they deserve to lose, honestly, wearing those. Well, no, I don't think there's anything quite better for Leafs fans than the Bruins getting their teeth kicked in on a Saturday night.
0: It was nice. Uh, it was a little scary there for a second, not going to lie. Uh, It was 4-1 in the third. Then, like, a minute later, it was 4-2. I did get nervous there. I did get nervous. But um, overall, like, again, like, getting these type of victories, it's great to beat the uh, lower teams in the standings. But I think for a team that has that – I don't want to say fragile because I used that last time. I don't know if that's necessarily the right word. It's easily – uh manipulated their their the emotion in that room to get wins against big teams, I think does a lot for their confidence.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, like I agree that this is a team that you had to prove to yourself that if we're having this kind of stretch, if we could beat a team like the lightning and then we could beat a team like the Bruins, then this is something that we could work with that there is that momentum that could keep on moving forward.
1: Mm-hmm. Alright, um, and this originally came from CJ on the CJ Show, um, that, he used the term selling mode, and I think that was not the best term to use, um, he knew
2: what he was doing, and yeah, his words
1: sometimes, yeah, that was a bit, and don't say that a team in the middle of a five game winning streak is selling, um, so yeah, with McKay's return being on the horizon, um, the cap is obviously a mess right now, um, and the Leafs need to make room, um, And that seems to be pointing towards one of their D moving, a.k.a. the two you can think of are Dermot and Hall. You think right now, I don't know how much value Justin Hall is going to have right now, because what has he been sat the last four games?
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: yeah. And Dermot is cheaper, but then you would also imagine maybe they, they yeah. keep him. Yeah. I just, I wouldn't... Okay, call me crazy. I would look somewhere else, because no offense... Okay. So who's the first D in, right? So let's say it's like, okay, you got, you got your your normal four. There's Hall. So, you know, there's, um, there's Riley. There's Muzzin, Muzzin. There's Brody. There's yep. Lilligrid and Sandine for the sake of it. Yeah. And let's just say that it's Justin Hall on a normal nine. He's back with Muzzin, right? Okay. Okay. So if you get rid of, of Dermot. who's the next? Who's the first D in for injury?
0: Um, Man, Daniel, you had it like. Christian Rubens. Christian Rubens, I don't know, like Alex Biega. I, I don't know. Like, if, there's no more Martin Morrison. Martin Morrison was kind of that weird Let stop gap between um, or Carl Dahl- Carl Dahlstrom. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. not great. Like, it, I agree with you. Like, I don't necessarily think they should um, trade Hall for the sake of trading Hall. I also don't think they should trade Dermot either. Because he he's looked sem- like pretty decent, he's looked okay next to Morgan Riley. Like this is the pairing we've been waiting for since the beginning of the podcast. I'm so, pretty sure. So long, and, and he's playing on the right side too, which is just uh, which is just incredible. Now the thing with Hall um, is he looks really good next to Jake Muzzin, right? Him and Muzzin look really good neck- together.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I just. It's either he plays there or he plays on the third pairing. I just don't know how he would work next to Morgan Riley is my biggest, is my biggest concern because we've had this discussion before the Jake Muzzin effect. Mm-hmm. Look, I, he made Nikita Zaitsev look good, man. Like what what do you want me to say? I saw a, t- quote, a tweet Last yesterday, putting elite and Zaitsev in the same sentence, I was scared there for a second, but mm-hmm. um, it's just that it's like the thing with Hall is he can really be in two spots, and both those spots are currently taken.
2: Yeah, I have the list by the way, okay, of possible defensive call ups. So you're right, Alex Biega, yeah. there's also Mac Holloway,
0: yeah,
2: uh. Christian Rubens got called up, I think. Yeah. There's Cal Dahlstrom. And um, this guy who I was excited when he signed with the Leafs because I always thought he was NHL ready, but the Wild just said they couldn't fit him anymore in terms of contract size. So that's Brennan Menel, Mm -hmm. um, NCAA guy. um, He's from Minnesota and he's a right-hand shot. The only, I guess, drawback on him is he's only 5'11", but... I don't know. He's a possibility too.
1: Yeah, but the point I'm trying to make Mm -hmm. is what are those players looking like in March? You know what I mean? When Mm -hmm. the games get tighter and you need those... Like right now, Lillegren and Sandian look great, but I wonder how they look as the year progresses, right? It's that... I don't like Dom Ducharme, but I like his philosophy of how the game changes throughout the season. My thing is... And they want to bring back, apparently... like. The return being a Zach Bogosian type. Now, like, I, for that case, it almost has to be Hall because of Hall's cap hit. Because otherwise, I, I don't get how Mikheyev's coming back in, uh, otherwise. I just, I I, I'll, I'll tell you, another reason why the cap just sort of sucks is how everyone is just pinching right now. I'm just wondering, like, it's making it so difficult just for, like, is depth just not slowly disappearing right now? Like, Vegas are a deep team when healthy. You know what I mean? It's sure, at the sure. point where the Leafs are going to have to sacrifice an NHL defenseman just to stay compliant to bring back a forward who, no offense to Ilya Mikheyev, is he worth losing an NHL caliber D? I know he's a good penalty killer in that, but it's just it's just something about the cap that's really making me upset. Is like, it, while it's staying so stagnant, like depth everywhere. is just getting slashed and the league won't do a damn thing about it. It's so annoying.
2: I know it hasn't been mentioned um, recently, but it's just going to irk me a little bit where they may have to potentially lose an NHL defenseman for someone who asked for a trade.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I wonder um, now that Morasic is on LTIR for at least four weeks. Um, how that changes things in terms of the cap? Again, I'm not Brandon Pritham. I wish I was, or else mm-hmm. like I don't know, like uh, or else I know. But I have to imagine that does change things because that's 3.8 million dollars going on LTIR.
1: I just realized that the Joseph Walls on the roster. Yes, yeah, he's on
0: an emergency loan. I don't know. Oh, what that means okay. Either
1: okay all right then all right all right okay yeah I, it's just the cap stuff is shenanigans just, um,
0: shenanigans
1: yeah great league uh, an amazing <laughs> league just a lot wrong there a lot <laughs> wrong okay gotta love it Now, uh, anything else on the leafs note we want to touch on or
0: i don't think so okay
1: Um, good news in Habsland. Kerry Price will be rejoining the team on Monday. Won't talk to the media or anything until he sort of gets the thumbs up. You get that. Um in the meantime though, do you guys know who leads the Habs in scoring, by the way?
0: I have a feeling based on your tweets last night, I do know.
1: Daniel, do you Um, wanna guess?
2: It's like someone I wouldn't think of, right?
1: I mean you ask and you might find out.
2: Yol Armia.
0: If Yol if was the leading scorer on the Canadians, I think we would be leading off with that today. And he, has okay. <laughs> he has an assist. Okay. He has a single assist all year.
1: <laughs> there'd be more yelling, I'd imagine, involved. In, in thirteen <laughs> games played. That's one more than Adam Brooks in three games. No, no, it's this guy has a very quiet, amazing season. Uh twelve points in thirteen games for Nick Suzuki. So, yeah, he's doing really well. There is a, there is a gif, you know, and um, I don't know if you... You guys haven't seen Game of Thrones, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, I yeah. saw the first three seasons. I,
1: I, I just watched... Anyway, there's, like, that famous scene. I'm not going to give too many spoilers, because, well, it's still a good show. The ending sucks, but still. Of, like, Jon Snow holding his sword when there's, like, um a, a large army coming towards him. Yeah, oh, I've seen that no one. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, from Battle of the Bastards. And it's just, like, Nick Suzuki is now the new Carrie Price doing all the work, Um. I think we'll do the Thanos even, one. What?
2: The final, do it myself.
1: The final. Uh, well, I mean, you know, we could maybe do that if they were winning games. But so we're, th- are we three weeks into the season now, like like on Tuesday, or is that going to be four weeks? Can someone just give me a, someone just check that for me? I believe
0: please? that will be three weeks, yes.
1: Oh, it's only been three weeks. Oh, my God. I'm just realizing that there are, there are still 71 games left for the Habs, Dude. and it's kind of killing me. They're now 3 10 zero. They've lost two straight. Obviously, um, they were losing five nothing at the end of the second period versus the Islanders. Yeah, you know, Suzuki and Tavoli scored. Good job. Um, they were up two nothing versus Vegas, and the at one point were out shooting them twenty to one. Then they stopped being able to kill a penalty, and um, yeah, there was a play right. Um, So the Habs had an offensive zone draw. Um, It was four on four because Gallagher got thrown out because he was being beat up on when he was on his hands and knees. But, you know, the NHL, great league. Um, So it was an offensive zone draw. Now, I'm not a coach. However, if I have a draw, I'm down by one and there's three minutes left. I would not pull the goalie until I had clear possession. Obviously. And we know the troubles Montreal have had for faceoffs, right? So Dom Ducharme decides that instead of waiting, he has the offensive zone draw, pulls Jake Allen for the 5-on-4. Right away, it's an empty netter for Vegas. I'm pretty sure he then did it again, and obviously there was a bit more zone thinking. It's just like... like <sighs> Montreal had it was a great game in the sense of they were battling mm-hmm. but there were just so many breakdowns in special teams and the coaching decisions there it's not a game I can really blame on the players even though the penalty kill blows and they can give it to them but and Jeff Petrie refuses to pass the puck it's serious it's it's actually watch like if anyone think he watched Jeff he doesn't pass anymore it's an like, Chris Weidman's the first defenseman power play guy, by the way, now. And he's good at it. It's, it's actually kind of funny. I, I don't know how there's not a change at this. Like, nothing. Nothing. Guys, do you know what their record is? They're 3-10-0. I know I said it. They've won three games and it's November. This is the worst start since, like, the 40s.
0: Yeah. I, I was thinking... I've been thinking about this the last few days because I'm trying to pinpoint... What the issue in Montreal is, and maybe you can answer this for me because I'm kind of dumbfounded by what's kind of like what's going on. Like I can't pinpoint. Is it um, the players? Because I think you know the additions they made. Yes, I understand the players that you you you've lost, but you've kind you've tried to bring in players who in a way can fill that void. Maybe, like, it's just, I don't think they've done a great job at doing that. Like, to me, if I have to pinpoint one thing, I just, I don't think they filled the voids that they think they've filled.
2: Yeah, like, for me, I I thought that, like, you know, I already knew the way everything was going to go after the finals with Shea Weber's injury with Phil Dinos pending free agency. Yes, Barry Yemi's situation carry price not being with the team that you know there was already going to be a lot of bleeding yeah and yeah like what alex said about the voids like it's it seemed like they were quality patchwork there but it just it's not enough to even like at first i said okay it's not enough to elevate the team to be competitive again but it's right now it's not even enough to keep them afloat it's not enough for them to be competitive
1: it's not even like there's 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 pushing the playoffs and like the way they were playing and what you would sort of expect of a team going to the finals, and then there's just being a competent team. It's not even how do I put this? If I pinpoint exactly what's wrong with this team, it's easier to just say what's right because it's so little. Like you think about it, their penal. I need to double check exactly what where their their penalty kill is here. Um, I haven't checked in a few days. I remember it was I I think third last in the league. Um, but I haven't you know like really taken the time to sit down and be like okay what do we have here? But like you look at it like it, like really can one of you just quickly while I'm finding this can one of you just sort of get up daily face off please? Yep, got it. Um, as I'm quickly getting up their penalty kill. Like for oh no, I don't want to I hate nhl.com so much. Why does nothing work properly? I hit... Oh, my God, this is awful.
0: I am on their daily face-off.
1: Okay, hold on a minute. Okay, oh, my God, this sucks. Okay, so, first off, their penalty kill is running 66%. You can't do that. Okay, can you screen share, Alex?
0: Oh, yeah. Let me get it here one second.
1: Do-do-do, do-do-do. Yeah, if you can't, first off, your special teams don't work, and we just talk about just how you're just not going to be able to play, period. By the way, that's not... They're down there with like Detroit, Arizona, and Winnipeg, by the way, who all of a sudden can't seem to feel like Okay, first off, so let's just initially think that we know that Cole Caulfield should probably be paying in and did Daniel just leave? He, Uh-oh. Okay, right. anyway, let me just let me just get through this. Okay. And I'm gonna imagine the roster is healthy right now, right? Because they're obviously they're dealing with injuries right now. Okay. okay. So, I refuse to believe that a team with Suzuki, Dvorak, Evans, Anderson, Gallagher, Toffoli, Caulfield, Hoffman, Lekkonen, Armia, is not... Perot, who we know has been a serviceable fourth line center, but he's out without eye injury, right? There is no excuse. Like, that is a, a good offensive core. Yeah. Okay. Jake Allen is a good goalie. Like, we know that he is. I know. I saw people ripping Jake Allen. Like, I think the SDP guy said Allen hasn't been great. I I, I need people. That's one of those things where you're like, I need you to watch the games. But then can you just scroll down to the defense for a second, please, here, Alex? Yeah. Okay. Jeff Petrie is, is a good defenseman. I don't know what's wrong with him right now, right? They just seem to, like, throw Alexander Romanov up, up and down. So now I want you to think of it right now. So it's it's Petrie Savard-Weidman right now, Sherratt-Kulak-Romanov, okay? Excuse me. <clears throat> so just think of it like this. So Joel Edmondson will come back, and let's say that he's playing with Jeff Petrie, as he was before. Now, where does Ben Sherratt go?
0: I, I'd say with David Savard.
1: Like, I, I don't know. Okay, and see, there's the problem. So then who comes out? One of Brett Kulak or Alexander Romano? Okay. Uh, Brett so then Kulak. all of a sudden, think of this. Three of your defensemen are now, again, Sherratt, Savard, and Edmondson. No one can move the puck. Your transition game is dead all of a sudden, right there and then, right? Like, See, that's the big problem. There is a mix of... I don't think they have a coach. That is great. Um, I don't think they have a GM who has built a proper team on the back end. Because if you can't break the puck out and you can't win battles in the neutral zone, then I don't know what you plan on doing. It, they all had effective penalty kill and man. all that. Could you Do you argue want to see their with- penalty kill? Oh, uh, yeah, sure. Let's let's bring up the PK. I didn't
0: even know this is new. I didn't know Daily Faceoff had this.
1: Yeah, no, that's cool. Like, the personnel there. Like, okay, Petrie, Sherrod. Like, listen, has always been a good PK guy. Suzuki's good too, but it's just the way they do it is they have a very passive penalty kill Like they let the shots come. It's not like the Leafs are assumed like the modern-day NHL approach that is an aggressive penalty kill, right? It's almost like they don't have a modern approach to the game anymore That's the big concern you kind of see is 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 I just don't think that management and the coaching staff know what it takes to win anymore because I just think there's so many, like so much fundamentally wrong with the back end. And I know, and like, Dvorak hasn't been good, and he needs to be. But that is a good player, and we know how good he's been in the past. And like, that's what I worry about, is it's like, this team and this roster, even as it should be, and the problem it has, should not be the bottom, I don't think they're bottom of the league, because Arizona, obviously. But I want to say they're second last in the league. Sorry, they're third last so. because Dude. somehow the, the Blackhawks, obviously. Oh, yeah. This team in November should not have six points. I, like, I look at that. They are not at the level of the Coyotes. And having Louis Erickson still on the team, that's what I don't get. It's, it's obviously like Deneau, and they lost a lot of that identity. I'll accept that finally with losing Weber and Deneau. But there is still going back to last season when those guys were around and the issues we saw in the regular season when defensively they're awful. Again, they can't transition. And it is a prehistoric approach to building a team. It is half of their defense are the exact type of players that Mark Bergerman was as a player. And that's the big problem.
0: Yeah, I, I think you make a, a good point there on um the way the team is built. Like it's Mm. just, they kind of missed the point uh, on, well, okay. So yes, we lost these guys, but you still have to, you have to fill the voids properly. And I get that's difficult, um, but it's something that needs to be done somehow, whether that's, and, and I think one part of it is the players in that are on the team right now also have to step up, whether that's on the ice or off the ice. I don't know what's happening off the ice, but someone has to step up and say, Hey guys, like give them a kick in the ass or something. I, I don't know what, what needs to be done specifically, but something to give these guys a jolt because it, to me, it just, it seems like something's missing compared to the team that we watched in the Stanley Cup final last, like less than what,
2: six months ago? Hello, guys. I am back. Daniel? Hello. I agree from what I've heard from Alex right now, where um, I think a big thing too, when we think about the finals and what was going on there and what we're thinking about this season is a major thing for me are a lot of the young guys that, they had to step up a lot of the people that were coming in and they said, listen, we're kind of try to give you an opportunity. And for me, Nick Suzuki, great, great player. Um, you know, I'm still looking at Jake Evans, I'm looking at Ryan Paling, see where that goes. I know that there's a few injuries there, but a big one for me has been Alex Romanoff because I thought that this was going to be the perfect situation. For him to really show that he can be a top four guy. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, I
1: will I will defend him there. His last okay. few games have, have been good. Like okay. he's been very good when it comes to jumping in the play. What what you did miss though, like one thing I'm I'm just gonna go thing here is is think about when Edmondson comes back, Romanov will then get pushed to the bottom six, right? Because mm-hmm. they have that obsession. Sorry, go on. I just I did want to defend Romanov there. Yeah,
2: yeah, I'm not saying he's been bad or anything. It's just it's just like, yeah, it's just I'm not saying he's bad or anything, but I'm just saying like I'm I'm still kind of confused where this, you know, this lineup scheme is going where what you said, like there's that obsession right now where they want to have these things balanced. But I think this is like a point in time where you should see an Alex Vermonov. like even if a Joel Edmondson comes back to stay in the top six, stay in the top four. My apologies.
1: I like and the point was being made a lot in the broadcast if you keep him with Jeff or you put him with Jeff Petrie, I would do that like I think mm-hmm. mo- or even like if you need to move him keep him not even with Savard, like uh, I uh, yeah like re- like he, he has this weird thing to his game where like there is that offensive touch like he's never obviously going to be like Eric Carlson and that but like there there is a creativity almost to his game and a bit of flair to it like he's an exciting defenseman to watch. Like, especially with his physicality. We know that. Um, It's just, I, again, here's the big problem. I've said this before. Like, Caulfield, a lot of his sort of advanced stats started coming out. And, um, Alex, could you stop the screenshot? Oh, sorry. No, no worries. Don't (laughs) worry. Like, like, I'm thinking about this. Like, you build the team around the young guys, right? Like, Nick Suzuki, I don't know his ice time, but, like, the bench was shortened last night, thankfully. Like, the team needs to be built around giving those young guys a chance, right? And... Like, Caulfield, goal scorers need to be given the puck. And if you don't, then what's the point? You know what I mean? Um, I'm looking at a certain defenseman about that still. Um, and again, like like the same with, like, Paling just wasn't good enough. Like, that's on him. But, like, Romanov at the same time also needs to be given that chance. again, like, he, He's been good. Like, he's turned his game around. And there was some questions around him, but it's just... They need to be used properly, and I don't think this, the coaching staff are using them properly, except Suzuki because you yeah. literally – he's been amazing, and he has to sort of carry that load.
0: Suzuki's play, played 23 minutes last night, which is three minutes more than his highest ice time at this season.
1: Which makes sense because he was yeah. great. He's a he's – a, he's he's earning his contract that he's getting next yeah, year. I'll definitely. tell you that. So, like, he's off to a good start. I just I, – I think there's a real – I. <laughs> Man, I know people were going on about Ducharme, like, and they're still paying Claude Julien. You're the Montreal Canadiens. I don't want to hear a damn excuse about money. How? No. You didn't lower season ticket prices. I know you didn't. I know that for a fact. So you have the money. So you didn't give it to Phil Deneau. So I, I don't want to hear a damn thing about finances right now if they don't want to go and... Ducharme cannot stay. It's just... It's such he's just he isn't it he just is not the coach he can't adjust mid game, he he can't motivate the team it doesn't even look like he has any fire under the guy, I don't want to make a YouTube dude it's not about being a meme or getting angry we just need this sort of, I don't know I don't know the guys lost it the guys lost it it's see it this way, what
2: with the I compared to the Rangers if they can get a new coach and still not this year but a previous two seasons ago where. They could still have over $13 million in buyouts on that team. It's possible.
1: You're, you're rich. You're the third richest team in the league. Go do it.
0: You think it's an ego thing? For I personally think it might be.
1: For Berger? Like
0: yeah. You just signed him to a three-year extension.
1: How many? Okay. So he's obviously had, he had in, He had Julian. Both returning coaches, funny enough to the organization fired Muller, mm-hmm. uh, multiple assistants before that, if you remember back in the, the J.D.D. days. Um, then, obviously, Muller and, and Julian go. The guy has sort of – I thought he ran out of bullets last year when he got rid of Stefan Waite and all that. So I, it, it must be – I don't know. But I if you're Jeff Molson – you need a proper proper explanation as to why this team is having one of its worst starts in over 100 years of its history and you're continuing to keep these guys, one of which does not have a contract. So I... It, you can't let nothing happen here. Patience is not the answer because you are not coming back from 3-9-1 or 3-10-1, whatever it is, to start the year. The season is over. They may like one lose all pressure when you admit to sort of a retool or whatever here or throwing the season down the river as you should and get some draft picks for the draft in Montreal at this point. But there needs to be some decisions soon here. And I, the deadline has to be American Thanksgiving because we know that's normally a, a cutoff time around the league for certain activity, yeah. but um, something needs to change. It, I, there's no reason as to why Burge and Ducharme should still be around right now. Zero reason. Absolutely none, if you look at it. Okay, um, three quick notes. Uh, the worst-kept secret in the league, one of the many. Brady Kachuk is finally the captain of the what? Ottawa Senators. Is he really? What the hell took so long with that?
2: I actually thought he wasn't going to be captain. What? I did not. Why? I thought it would be Thomas believe, Shabbat.
0: You didn't believe
2: Matthew Kachuk in his 32 thoughts <laughs> I really thought it was going to be Thomas Shabbat.
1: I mean, you know, maybe you don't want to give it to another defenseman because you're like, ah, Eric. It's really funny how other captains end up leaving and hate the organization, by the way.
2: Okay, I was thinking about this before the episode and I cannot remember. Was Mark Stone captain for a year, or they said that he was going to be captain if they gave him an extension, that, right? Was yeah, that. yeah, okay. Okay, just wanted to clarify that. Was that
0: was the rumor, yeah, that he was going to be captain if he signed One the
2: extension. fact, Eric Bransham is not on the team, by the
1: way. <sighs> is he good enough? Like, is was, he... Because that, is not an idiot, right? Like, there were just... Is he just not good enough?
2: Because Maybe change of scenery is that that glow is gone on him remember when he was like he was the one of the biggest steals in the 2017 draft
1: and it's just like we look at vegas right they're not afraid to make moves by the way right maybe they just realized he wasn't going to be the the best or maybe they just kind of wanted a good player like they always do but i, I don't know See, you know picks just don't work out like the game doesn't translate to like a new place maybe he just doesn't just doesn't work and like not to mention like their pipeline is so chock full of D at this point. Maybe you're right, Alex. And it just, he needs a new Kratsov, Kratsov uh, yeah. for Branstrom.
0: I've, I, there, over the last couple of years, I've just, I've heard different things about what DJ Smith didn't like. Like I heard once that it was, he Branstrom prefers to play on the right side. Branstrom is also left-handed and DJ Smith who likes it left, to right, left, right, left, right. Um, that was one thing I heard. I heard another thing that DJ Smith just didn't like, wasn't a fan of Eric Branstrom in terms of the way he played, just didn't fit his system. I've read that like, that's always a possibility. And that's why change of scenery might not be the worst thing for him.
1: Man, at least flip them, do something for him, get something for him because that was a centerpiece for that. That's that, that, uh, that entire deal.
0: It was the main uh, part. <laughs> Yeah. It <laughs> what was. It what
1: was. Whatever happened to Vitaly Abramov, the guy they got from Columbus?
2: Oh, he's in the KHL. Yeah. I don't think they have any. Okay, so they had Lassie Thompson was the first-round pick, and then Vitaly Abramov, and then it was – who's the second guy?
1: I'll switch mm-hmm. up the
0: Duchesne deal.
2: Yeah, Abramov and –
1: he get anything else wrong? there was
2: another guy where i remember at the time they're like oh these guys were low jonathan pick. davidson there you go They're like these yeah. guys were low picks but they're like they're good i remember someone they had a tweet where it's like you don't know columbus if you think ottawa won this trade if you if you think uh ottawa won this trade or something
1: uh,
0: by the way jonathan davidson is playing in sweden okay
1: wow um uh, okay then what else do we have here? Um, it's funny. I, I thought Arizona were going to lose last night because, of course, I did. So I wrote a thing about them uh, them losing. I want to find this tweet quickly, actually. It was really funny.
2: While you find that, I was just so happy that the first win didn't come against the Ducks because I got worried there.
1: It's the worst feeling eh, when you think it's going to happen to your team. Yeah. Um, okay, here it is. So in 1718, the Coyotes start 0-10 and one. Claim goalie Scott uh, Wedgewood uh, the uh, on waivers, and in Wedgwood's first game, he gets the Coyotes their first win. 2021, 2022. Coyotes start 0-10 and one. Claim goalie Scott Wedgewood on waivers, and in Wedgwood's first game, he gets the Coyotes their first win. History repeats itself. And another tweet that Alex sent to us. Um 2020 2021 Norse trophy candidate Jacob Chicker and has no points and is an NHL worst dash twenty. There is no narrative in which this is not a concern. It's from Craig Morgan on Twitter. Um uh, yeah, that's okay. So have you guys looked at Arizona's scoring? I
2: did. That just insane. No. Okay. Alex,
1: no, don't I don't won't. we're gonna we're gonna play a game here. We're gonna we're gonna try and guess what Arizona are looking at here. Okay. I okay. love these games. I man the guy man what happened? It's hilarious that they've had two historically bad starts. Okay, um, oh my goodness, oh my goodness! In three games, Carter Hutton's goals against average is seven point seven six, and his save percentage was seven four one. What the hell? They have good goaltending. beside that, obviously, uh, Wedgwood, well one game was decent. Um, Vegmelka. In ten games played, is a nine thirteen.
0: Wow, that right. bad! And they will trade yeah. him for a third round pick at the deadline.
1: So, oh my God, Chickering is Chickering is really bad. The closest to him is a minus ten Andrew Ladd who is playing. So I guess that conditional pick goes the other way. So their leading scorer is Shane Gossesberry with nine points and twelve. Wow. How did Bergman not pick him up? I
2: just ask Alex something before we Gosh. after that. Alex, who do you think is the highest scoring forward?
0: Okay, I, I I don't know. I'm just gonna take a guess here. Uh is it Louis Erickson?
2: No. No,
1: no, uh, it is no. Uh, he has a younger, <laughs> younger guy. He has as many points as Joel Larnia.
2: I
0: said it because I'm convinced they're gonna get a pick for him at the deadline and like a decent one too.
2: He's still playing on the fourth line, like in uh. Arizona. That's surprising to me because like Jay uh. Beagle at one point was like he was the first line center, like for one yeah. game. Um Clayton Keller? No, no, I've mentioned him before. It's, I don't know. He's also a lottery pick.
1: Guess how many Oh, Barrett points Hayden? Game? No. no. Guess, guess how many points they have, this player? They're high their highest scoring forward in 12 games. Guess how many points they have?
0: Uh, five.
1: No, well, no, six. Keller has five points, though. Oh. It's Lawson Krauss.
0: Excuse me? Yes. <laughs> so,
1: wow. So here are their leading scores. has Bear nine points in twelve games. Kraus, six and twelve. Keller five and twelve. Kessel has five and twelve. Fisher five and twelve. Larson five and twelve. Travis Boyd has two goals in five games. And Stroman has two and twelve. Ladd has two points in twelve. Um, it it's not great. So how many players do they have who haven't scored a goal? Oh, My God, half their roster hasn't scored
0: Wait, a goal. Has Kessel scored a po- Has Kessel got a point?
1: He has five points. Oh, He's a minus oh, five. I
0: missed that. My bad.
1: No one um, has scored more than five goals. And only five players have more than one goal.
0: Dave. on this So I'm just on uh, NHL.com. They've s- scored a total of 19 goals. Dallas has 22, which is d- like, which I don't is know. Dallas? Yeah. Which is what? like, I guess, fair, I guess. The uh,
1: defensively stalwarty Dallas stars.
0: Okay, this might be the most surprising one, though, because I have to ask you, how many goals do you think the Islanders have scored?
1: How many do you see Arizona scored?
2: 19. I'll say 25.
1: Um, I'm going to say 23 because they got boosted up against Montreal.
0: Daniel is spot on at 25. If you oh. have to take a
1: guess at how many goals they
0: have allowed.
1: 26.
0: Twenty. They've allowed sorry Daniel, I didn't I, I oh, no, didn't okay. to let you guess I was I, I got so excited because they've let they've, they've allowed 20 goals along with the Carolina Hurricanes, by the way. 20 oh. goals. It, this is just incredible. It's incredible. Sorry, I just wanted to bring that up.
1: <laughs> Do you know what's a little funny story in this league that I kind of love? Let's hear it. So you guys remember who drafted Adam Fox, right?
0: Yeah, uh the, the Calgary Flames.
1: Flames. Yes, and obviously they didn't. He didn't want to sign there, so yeah. they. That was obviously how the Lindholm, hannafin Hamilton giant deal happened. Yeah. Do you remember where he was traded to? Obviously, Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. And how he didn't yeah. want to sign there either. Yeah, they. The, the, wanted he got, to sign New York. Yeah, which is just hilarious to think of. Because uh, did you guys catch the the Carolina New York game? I unfortunately did not. So he's getting booed every time he, he touches the pot. It's hilarious. So then he scores and he lets them have it. But then the, the goal is called back. And then obviously Calgary then wins six, nothing Um, hilarious stuff. I just thought that was, the, they really hate Adam Fox there. I didn't realize how that happened.
2: That happened in Anaheim. Well, it doesn't happen too much anymore, but um, when Justin Schultz signed with the Oilers. Really? Yeah. Cause he was like a highly touted defenseman and apparently the ducks Like, apparently there was, like, this is speculation, there was a promise in his third year at University of Wisconsin playing with our good buddy Jake Gardner that he was going to sign with the Ducks. He just wanted to finish school first. Oh, And they're like, okay, that's fine. And when he graduated, he's like, I'm going to go to free agency.
1: So it's funny you say that. So Montreal have a prospect... um uh, I always I always forget his name. It's not Cam Hillis. So that's a that's a forward. Um, they have a, a defenseman who's in the NCAA, and he's, he's been very clear that he wants to finish school. And if he leaves because he graduates this year or he finishes it this year, whatever. Um, I I don't think the, the fan base are going to be very happy about it. Is it,
0: it um, Sean Farrell or something like
1: that? No, the, no. Sean Farrell's just starting his NCAA. He has been killing it, by the way. No, he's this is his first year in the NCAA. But he was yeah. um he was USHL Player of the Year. He was insane. No, it's not Sean Farrell. It's Jordan
0: a, Harris. It's Jordan, Jordan Harris. Harris. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. it. Yeah. I was killing me. I needed
2: to know. It sounds like a baseball name. I know <laughs> <a> bit.
1: <laughs> I really, if he doesn't sign, I'll be I'll be pretty pissed off. Um, you know, yeah. Yeah,
2: It never um, happened to Toronto. Like an NCAA guy, never wanted this. I know Jake Gardner was signed, was was acquired when he was in university, but he signed.
1: They all want to go to New York. I mean, who blames them? I blame them. VC. I remember
2: that that's uh, that summer when because the Leafs just got Jake Gardner, and then they're like they got Justin Schultz, buddy Jake Gardner. This is when everybody thought Justin Schultz was going to be an all star, and it's like this means the Leafs are going to get Justin Schultz.
1: It's hilarious. Like how must it feel being New York knowing that probably like any player would love to come play there. Oh yeah. Like, that makes me so sick that you have all the money and everyone wants to play for you.
2: You know what makes me sad about this situation looking back at it now?
0: What? The Adam Fox situation.
2: Adam Fox, yeah. What's Is that? that it worked out so well for him going to New York and holding out? Yeah. And then I think of Jimmy VC who just did the exact same before him
1: and it's nothing
0: well adam fox could have walked like he just needed to play one more year if i do if i'm doing my math correctly um and he could have just walked right to free agency like carolina made the smart move in yeah rating him knowing that owen he was powers,
1: not gonna, owen like, power's oh. taking notes right now Like, yeah, yeah.
2: He, he does not he just like i don't finish university oh my
0: gosh <laughs> that would be the
1: worst thing for <laughs> buffalo just because Darlene is just a – what's going on? What happened? Did you, there?
0: S- you see that clip?
1: Where he goes to like just yeet the puck off the yeah. goal line and he just completely whiffs and falls on his ass. Oh. What was worse, that or Hoffman last night after he went to just – he tried to stop the etching netter. He was too late and just whacked into the boards and fell on his
0: butt. Um, I don't know. For me, like the the Darlene one was like kind of humorous.
1: Nice like that man. Is- a few more yeah. of those might get them cold.
2: I feel like the Dalina one's going to live on
1: in hockey memes. Is it worse than Patrick Steffen?
2: No, Uh, because Patrick Steffen, like, the team lost because of him. (laughs) Like, Dallas lost because of him. I
1: thought they won that game.
2: No, so what happens is they didn't score against the Oilers, and then it goes back the other way, and then they lose in overtime.
1: I thought they had won in overtime and they had let it go, but no, really. Who was it? And then you ever seen Craig Smith?
2: I did not see this one. I don't think
1: so. Oh, my God. Let me find it. So Craig Smith has an empty net, and I do not know how, but he just roofs it. <laughs> like, roofs it. I'm surprised it didn't hit the rafters. And it's just, like, you can tell, like, everyone is celebrating because they think he scored it, but he's just, he he just, the look on his face. Let me try and find this. The Craig Smith I misses empty it. net. It is hilarious to actually watch. Um, Craig Smith, my guy. How did he play last night, by the way?
2: I, he was okay. I heard the PlayStation. Uh, I heard the PlayStation.
1: Oh, Call so. of Duty, Vanguard, who cares? Halo Infinite. Okay, watch this. This is honestly around awful. Around. So he comes in for the empty net and just boom!
2: Oh, <laughs> I like and the lights just, came on. Did he think he scored too?
1: No, no. You can tell on his face he knows, but everyone else, like, look at his face. He knows exactly <laughs> what he did. <laughs> oh what he did. And Barry Trots is like, what, what? just happened? How? So Barry
2: what year? Trotz. What year was this?
1: Well, it's, so Barry. Oh, Ryan
2: Suter is still there.
1: Twenty
0: eleven. Two thousand eleven. So, so that, that might, might be, be Ron Wilson. Wilson. This was so, Ryan Souter's
2: last year here. So
1: there he goes. He's got the full aim, too. He has, and he just, it's on his forehand, and he just, I don't know where he was aiming, but he just, like, look it up, people. He has all the room, and he just, <laughs> he literally just bends it upward.
0: So if you go back a few seconds, you'll see the guy in the background on the leaves just falling. Up. See, falling. That's just, that pinpoints everything what Toronto was in the 2010s. I, I
1: just, I, like, How the hell do you miss that? Hang your head in shame, Craig Smith. I have a fun fact
2: about this season. What? That will affect Adam.
1: Okay, cool.
2: Yes. Okay, so that was the summer. Ryan Suter's like, I'm gone. Yeah, loser. And then afterwards, the Preds were struggling to sign Shea Weber, and then he signs his current contract. (laughs) With the Flyers as that offer sheet,
1: really that was the, like that close together, right? Well, because yeah, like, I'm the only guy you have left, so because
2: that was his last year because that summer they lost both Dan Hamhuis and Ryan Souter, and they're like, there's oh. no way we're losing Shea Weber. Is that I'm- when? Is
0: that when Ryan Souter and Zach Parise they caused a lockout? As Steve, yeah, a- that's when they say. caused a lockout,
2: yeah.
1: Can, can we again talk about the fact that that the, the leagers still like, I don't know about Shea Weber. And Brent Seabrook and, and Andrew Shaw have openly retired and they're like, No, that's okay. Like Or
2: Murray hey, the- and Hosa where like the Blackhawks like, Oh yeah, to save us, like Cap, don't retire officially, but will like get you an office job
1: magically he has a skin disease after how long of playing to do with his equipment. Like it, it is hilarious. Just how biased Gary actually is. Like I used to not believe it, but the past few months have just let me completely lose. Like I've lost, like, no, you don't get the benefit of the doubt anymore. You know what I mean? It, it's so hilarious. Um,
2: I like to mention one thing it's on a positive note. Okay. Congratulations on an amazing career. Marion Gaborik, one of my favorite players in my childhood.
1: It's so weird that he he just retired. What weird timing! Why didn't you do it over the summer? Do, does he get a ring? No, no.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Just, just, they couldn't
1: have done it without him. They really couldn't. No, <laughs> Probably could have. Yeah, point, that's a
0: hell of a point.
2: Honest, I'm, I'm honestly, in, f- no. for all the interest, uh, interest, all the injuries he had in his career, if you look back on it, I am very happy he got to over a thousand games because the guy like would have these seasons where he would absolutely be amazing and then he would just like miss almost a whole year the next year and then it was kind of like that back and forth
1: who was the goalie that ruined him going for the poke check
2: oh i can't remember i
1: need to find who this is you ever seen this clip I don't think so. It's it's Marion Gabrick and he's just he's storming for a puck, and obviously as we know, Marion Gabrick is is, you know, one of the fastest players ever. So, um oh, okay, it's it's um you know who it is? It's Dominic Hasek, Which is really weird to think that they played together. Okay, so you know, here we go, here we go, here we go. Okay, so yeah, you know, here's Gavarick, you know, fastest player ever. And then Hasek just comes out Oh my god. he does oh a It's hilarious. Like, he, like like just look at look at the speed here. Just put the, whoop. no <laughs> one knows
0: how to respond to that. Like just, yes, I'm losing know. my mind. And they're already losing five nothing. Yeah. like, this guy comes out for the poke check.
2: <laughs> like really? What's <laughs> interesting for me is um, when I was working with the hockey writers and getting to know a lot of people from Minnesota who love the wild how much of a narrative Marion Gabryk is still with the team and how it really actually affected like the Kirill-Kaprasov contract negotiations. Because before Kaprizov, he was really their only homegrown like star. Yeah, And he was a cautionary tale of, you know, you should really try to sign your guys to long-term deals or trying to generate a system where these guys could flourish. Because when Gabryk was you know dominating the league they brought in do you remember Jacques Lemaire
1: yeah, I, I yeah of course remember Jacques Lemaire yeah
2: yeah and he adopted the trap system because they didn't have a lot of good defensemen on the wild and you're going to get a guy like Marion Gabric to be that type of player it's like same thing remember when remember and Ilya Kovalchuk went to the the devils and like he didn't want to backcheck yeah. Kind yeah. It just like kind of John like ruined Tortorella everything.
0: Made uh, Patrick Laine a power
1: forward.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so,
1: get hired in Florida.
2: It's crazy to me that, like, after all these years, and I was really sad when he went to New York because I always liked him at that small market superstar kind of thing. But yeah, it's interesting. Like, now, like, the way the wild structure their contracts, the way they deal with their young guys, it's because of what happened with Marion Gabrick.
1: Mm-hmm. That's interesting. It's a good little tale. Um, yeah. Well, I think besides that, I think we're good. Um, TikTok is pretty good. Actually, uh, first off, if you like the show, I hope at the start you download it. If not, download it and just be done with it. I don't know, just do it. It helps us. Do it. Um, so see on wherever you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcast. Stop messing with the mm. app, please. It's awful. Um, one
0: one thing, I found yeah. it. I've i meant to bring it up, but I for I just. Lost it. Um, This is from Rick Westhead. This was yesterday. Uh, It's about the black. It's more developing on the Blackhawks, uh, of course, Uh, spoke today to sports marketing executive who told me multiple sponsors have, quote, put the NHL on notice to improve response to Blackhawks abuse scandal. NHL brand significantly tarnished over past week, exec says, adding some sponsors unhappy with league's crisis management. Tweet two, exec said concerns over NHL response began with NHL commissioner Gary Bettman and Bill Daley leaning back in chairs, not wearing suit jackets during Monday press conference. Exec, quote, they seem to have no clue about respecting the gravity of the situation. The third one, Sponsor angst exec said has more to do with what was said by Bettman and Daly during their press conference uh, than what they wore or their posture. If that needs to be clarified.
1: I mean, it's still a, a bad look. Uh, also. Yeah. One thing I forgot that we have it on the doc, uh, the PA executive board have also approved an independent review on the PA's handling of the Kyle beach stuff. Uh, again, I, I don't know if this is just sort of, pushing the can down the road for the PA and Donald fear. Um, how that guy has a job right now is.
0: Yeah. I mean. I'm a little confused at what, um, what the point is. Cause there was kind of addressed. Was it not in the, in the original investigation? Like what more, yeah.
1: What what was it like here didn't like they referenced him to one of a doctor or, or a therapist or something. I, I wonder if it's, and I think they said well, it was going to be two to three months before we know anything. I, I wonder if it's to get the exact details. So then there is a proper sort of framework for a plan to see like, this is what went wrong. This is, and I also wonder, and I, I hope this is also going to give cause to the PA that maybe there will now be in this interim, a chance to maybe look for someone after Don Fear because oh, if it comes right. out and there is a thing that was clearly a mishandled bit, uh, he needs to be gone then. I wonder if it's just the, you can, with an, with an investigation, it's better than just Don Fear just going and being like, okay, later, that yeah. there's gonna be some actual sort of foundation for this whole thing. Sure. That's what I can speculate on, but. There's no real. We, it's not like we've heard from the players, and it's like this is for sure, 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 right? So
0: no, it's just I, like some of the quotes yeah. we've heard. It just seems like, well, you guys seem pretty pissed off from what you've read. So yeah, just trying to figure out what what the intention is here. Like, what more? I'm curious to know, and I know we'll never get this answer in the near future. I'm just curious what more they want to. No. Yeah. But I think
2: you kind of answered that.
1: Yeah. All right. Anything else or? No,
2: that's it. This will be <laughs> ongoing. We'll add more details as it goes.
1: Yeah. Should oh, yeah. Westhead. Just freaking killing it. Really great guy. Okay. Um, well, on that note, um, Hockey Fights Cancer Month again. Boys, the stashes are looking all right. Um, Daniel. I think Mm -hmm. you need a bit more from your stash. Come on. I I had a good shave today just so the mustache looked a little more pronounced. I'll clean
2: up around the chin and everything so it's more prominent. Good. Good.
1: Okay. Uh, On that note, we'll see you next time. We love you. Goodbye.